0: Hello, folks. I'm back again. Uh, this is my third attempt at trying to get this commissioner in a car done. I am uh, I was trying to do it on the train on the way home from the uh, New York State Elections Commissioner Conference. But uh, the Wi-Fi wasn't quite up to it. Uh, so I'm back uh, doing it now. Uh, and I'm going to just do the whole episode <laughs> again. Uh, but the train videos are up on my Facebook page for those of you who... Just want to see that. <laughs> but yes, I was on a train and I wore my mask the entire time. But I, I felt like it would be better to uh, really give some um, a little bit more meat to uh, this episode than I was able to do. Uh, I was distracted by all the times the uh, Wi Fi kept cutting out. So I want to uh, uh, give you uh, the full commissioner in a car uh, today because. Uh this week was very eventful um for uh election news. Uh you know, we did have our New York State Elections Commissioner conference. Uh but on Monday, uh before the conference started, uh, the New York State Senate passed uh, a series of bills through their election law committee. Uh and we had our uh and we had our first um uh, court hearing for the redistricting lawsuit for the state senate and congressional maps so those three things are what i'm going to cover today uh and any questions that you might have you can throw into the comments happy to uh you know answer any questions um so uh let's start with uh the the elections uh legislation that was passed on monday uh through the election law there were several different bills uh that were passed um some of them were no-brainer bills uh things that i think uh everybody agrees with uh one of them being uh poll worker pay in new york city raising the pay for poll workers so they could uh recruit better poll workers in new york city uh and uh then then there were some uh reform bills for uh new, for boards of elections um the ones that are most impactful um was there was a new york city reform bill which is very extensive to new york city uh that i'm not sure i'm in favor of uh or i'm not sure i'm against uh it's uh it's a little problematic, but, uh, it, it goes from taking the 10 commissioners part-time to two full-time commissioners. Um, and then also has the two joint, uh, the, the executive director and the co-executive director, uh, and moving those to a joint, uh, co-direct, executive directors. But the nomination process for these are a little problematic. And, um, I, uh, I I'm always hesitant when elected officials have more say over who the bipartisan elections commissioners are, and um, I think that uh, it's uh, uh, problematic when you give them too much say over vetoing uh, or or uh, being able to remove elections commissioners. and when I'm talking about is elected officials at this point which have uh, certain motivations. Um, not all of which are the best running of elections. So uh, that bill is uh, pretty controversial, and uh, we'll see where uh, that ends up going, whether it even passes the entire Senate or not. Um, and, and again, all of these bills that I'm going to talk about have not been passed in the entire Senate. Uh, they're only out of the Election Law Committee, but uh, they are um, have to be passed by the Assembly. The bills that I think are interesting and bills that I'm in favor of, uh, and that will, also, will not just provide resources, but accountability to boards of elections uh, throughout the state um, uh, are, are several bills. Uh, there's a bill from uh, Senator Myrie uh, that uh, uh, gives, uh, I'm sorry, I'm Senator Mannion uh, has a bill that gives minimum qualifications for Boards of Elections Commissioners. Uh, this bill is uh, uh, will establish a minimum uh, set of qualifications. There's another bill out there that uh, requires a hearing of the county legislature before they uh, uh, select an Elections Commissioner to give the public a chance to weigh in on. Um, then uh, there's another bill that removes conflicts of interest of elections commissioners, uh, removing them from being party chairs and uh, prohibiting them from running for public office. Right now, uh, elections commissioners can be party chairs and they mostly are prohibited from running for public office. However, there are some village offices that they are allowed to hold. This would eliminate that. There's also another conflict of interest bill That prohibits a Board of Elections employees from holding public office or not from holding public office but from running an election that uh, they uh, that the Board of Elections runs so uh, if a Board of Elections employee was running for public office uh, they would have to leave uh, the board or for take a leave of absence from the board for at least 90 days before the general election And then uh, there's some bills that I'm very much in favor of. All of those bills, I'm uh, um, tacitly support. Uh, I believe that they're, uh, you know, reasonable bills uh, for Board of Elections reforms. But the ones that I'm very much in favor of are three other bills. Uh, The minimum staffing bill by Senator Mannion. This bill will uh, establish minimum staffing levels for boards of elections throughout New York State. So the disparity that we see from county to county where some counties have a lot of resources and some counties don't uh, have a lot of resources and also raising up the minimum staffing for small counties, micro boards that only have uh, three or four uh, employees for them, that is a, a bill that is very much needed. Uh, to provide a minimum ceiling of service for uh, boards of elections. Um, And then a full-time commissioner bill that will require all commissioners throughout the state to be full-time employees of the board. I think that that is important. Uh, We have a a political calendar that is uh, uh, very much uh, a full-time job. It's a full-time year-round political calendar. And there's not the times for part time commissioners, even in small boards, has passed. And then finally, um, a bill by and uh, that was by that bill is by Senator Mayer. And then this uh, a bill uh, by uh, my senator, uh, you know, uh, uh, Senator May, um, is a bill that will give the State Board of Elections removal and disciplinary authority. Uh, to uh the state to to the state board so a situation like we saw last year with in oneida um that uh uh you know where we had some non-compliant commissioners and there was a, a lot of talk about how um any kind of discipline would come about um you know there was the law was pretty silent on that so this would give the state board of elections which is a regulatory body and should be a regulatory body made up of bipartisan elections officials, um, the ability to remove non-compliant commissioners. And I think that's a very important uh, step in the right direction. Two other bills that I'm also very much in favor of. Senator Myrie has a bill in where a mandatory training uh, um, component for the state, that the state board of elections runs, uh, you know, would be part of, our, our curriculum as new and uh, 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 existing elections commissioners we would have to certify. Uh, so that is uh, something that's very important. Um, and not because training doesn't happen, training does. I just got got in from training. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but because um, a lot of times, a lot of counties refuse to send their uh, commissioners to training, they, they refuse to put it in the budget. For them to go to training. Which is our uh, biannual conferences. And. Um, these uh, training seminars. These training conferences. are You get a lot of information. But if they're not sending. The commissioners to them. How can they be in them. And then finally another bill. That is a train the trainer bill. When it comes to poll worker training. Uh, making sure that the board of elections. Uh, State board of elections. Develops a. Train the trainer, um, model for, uh, training poll workers, uh, statewide. I think that's an important bill because again, once again, uh, having standardized training, uh, that, uh, county boards can, um, uh, that ca- county boards can rely on is something that would be very good, uh, for, for, for the, for the, uh, election. So, uh there's a lot of uh bills out there um that they passed I you know some of them have what we call same as in the senate that means bills that have a bill number in the senate or in the assembly and the senate the two, separ- two two equal bills so they got to get passed by the senate and the assembly these bills have only been passed by the Senate Elections Law Committee so there's a lot of time for these bills to be worked and changed before they get to the floor and voted on by the, the Senate. And then we have to have same as is in the, in the Assembly uh, to uh, see if they will, uh, um, you know, uh, be able to pay, go through the same process in the Assembly. So the fate of this legislation is a little bit up in the air, uh, but uh, I think that it's important that they're putting this out there uh, as it starts the conversations on not only accountability, but uh, resources for boards of elections in New York State. So, as I mentioned, I uh, came back from the New York State Elections Commissioner Association uh, Winter Training Conference today. This, this conference was moved from January to March uh, because COVID was so high, the, the Omicron the uh, variant was still dominating uh, our landscape we ended up moving our conference because we felt it was very important to have an in-person conference. We've done virtual conferences through the pandemic, but virtual conferences is where you really learn uh, and, and, and uh, talk to vendors, but also we have uh, you know, 16 hours of instruction. Uh, in, in, during our conference on two different days, on Tuesday and Thursday. I'm sorry, two, Wednesday and Thursday. We had 16 hours of non-stop presentations and instruction. I uh, um, participated in all four days of the conference, uh, the the first day, that the Tuesday is just a half-day uh, conference, and that is really just administrative work of our New York State Elections Commissioner Association. Uh, we uh, affirmed our uh, our bipartisan goals, uh, and I'll go over what they are. Uh, th- these are goals of that both Republicans and elections commissioners, or Democrat elections commissioners, agree in principle that we want the legislature to do. Uh, Those goals include, uh, number one, funding uh, the State Board of Elections properly and giving them all the regulatory authority to carry out their mission. Uh, This is our our top goal, um, and it's a goal that we pretty much have every year because they keep adding regulations to the State Board, but uh, don't necessarily always, or keep adding responsibilities, but don't always give them the necessary authority, nor uh the budget to carry out those uh those goals uh number two is making uh election day a non-student attendance day across new york having schools are one of the uh you know in a lot of communities are the only places that we can have uh um polling places because they're hava compliant they have a lot of parking uh, and in many communities are the only building like that. so uh, making sure that school students are not in attendance during general election days uh, would be very important to making sure that we have schools available um, and and that uh, you know that everybody uh, is feels comfortable with voting happening in these schools. Uh, another uh, uh, you know one we passed is that uh, we uh passed uh a resolution that all uh party or all public offices in New York be made um gender neutral uh the, so you know a lot of times we have town uh board member that's gender neutral but often we have uh town councilman or city councilman as the official name of an elected office and we are uh and we always get complaints at the boards of elections about that. However, we don't need them; the individual towns and clerks do. And so, passing a uh, election law statewide saying that they all have to be gender neutral, it would be a, a good way for um, you know well over fifty percent of our population uh, to be represented in government, or, or at least not have a bar in rep- being represented. Though it does not, you know, stop a woman from. Acting as a town councilman, or but but you get the point why 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 shouldn't we update? Uh, and again, this is bipartisan. Uh, another thing that we passed was uh, one that I've sponsored uh, was to reduce the hand count from 0.5 to 0.25 percent. The hand count that was uh, put in last year that re- required the boards of elections to physically hand count any race that's within 0.5 percent of uh of closeness of the final results um, we uh, did a study throughout the state of how many races that actually flipped and there were no races that flipped that were uh over 0.25 percent and really statistically that's kind of impossible so that's a lot of busy work that boards of elections have to do to hand count county-wide elections especially with primaries um when uh when there's no real statistical Uh, way for those races to flip so we went with the florida model um which is um you know not something that i often uh point to with florida doing elections right but this one they did um where they have a hand count when it's uh you know anywhere's under 0.25 percent but having a separate machine count for any races that are 0.25 to 0.5 percent that way um we could uh you know still have a separate account that will give us assurances that there's no major mistake in a race that's that close that would allow it to flip to the other person however the 0.25 percent that's a good one to uh hand count uh ballots on um we also want uh the ability of boards of elections commissioners to issue absentee ballots on election day uh, for, uh, you know, uh, exigent circumstances such as sickness uh, that is not implicitly written into the law. There's a little, uh, some boards do it. I think our, our board does it, uh, but other boards do not because it is not in the law that that's our ability and we want that in the law to give boards of, of elections commissioners that ability to do that. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some one of them, but... Uh, uh, you know, watch for it on my website once it's uh, published on the NYSECA website. I will publish it as well in a blog post on a, on our, uh, uh, on my website, DustinZiony.com as well. So check, check that out. Uh, and that was, uh, the first day. That's Tuesday. That was when we decided, uh, what our legislative agenda would be. We also, uh, set our summer conference for July 26th in the, uh, at the Cata- uh Hotel uh, uh, that will be um, uh, July 26th through the 29th is our summer training conference. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, it, it's uh, always going to be good to regroup right after the primary, see how some of these new election laws we were put, able to put in place and whether we have to make changes before uh, Election Day and uh, any laws that get passed between now and the end of session. Uh, That's what our summer training conference is for. On the second day, on Wednesday, I um, uh, chaired my Democratic Caucus of Commissioners. As you may know that I'm the chair of all 62 counties of the Democratic Commissioners for the New York State Elections Commissioner Association. We had a caucus meeting and we uh, discussed, uh, you know, a, a few things, but a lot of things to make our mail check, our info notices better. Uh, that go the mailing that goes out to every voter we're we're making a suggestion to move it later by one month because we're still finishing up with the redistricting in New York in fact um because many counties throughout New York State are in the final processes of moving all of their voters into new red- redistricting lines for uh they don't even we don't even have the minimum petition signatures finalized yet throughout new york state so we're a little worried we're going to be ready for that april 19th mailing deadline um so uh that's one thing that we do that we talk, we talked about there's other things we talked about that i'm not going to share with you uh because there are private caucus moments but uh we uh uh you know i i gotta tell you i'm always impressed by the minds of everybody at the association, but especially my democratic caucus in their creativity and, uh, ability to come up with, uh, suggestions and solutions to some of these hard issues that we have before us. Uh, also on, uh, Wednesday, I did a presentation on on-demand ballot printing for election day. Uh, Onondaga County, uh, is one of the, um, larger on-demand ballot printing we had uh 40 on-demand ballot printings this last election um other counties such as a uh have full on-demand ballot printing for everyone's in their county of course they have less than 40,000 people uh you know so they have about 40 or you know 49 or so uh, polling uh, prints that cover their entire county whereas ours covers about a third of our county But uh, at least a third of the polling, uh, or a quarter of the polling places, but about, uh, you know, a third of our voters got on-demand ballot printing on Election Day. We talked about how that saved money, how it's the future of elections, and, uh, you know, the the pros and cons of why we do that. Uh, It's an emerging field. It's something that I'm uh, looking forward to greatly uh, to continue to expand uh, each and every year. And then uh, on Thursday, um, I uh, stepped in for my good friend, uh, Chairman Zellner, uh, Commissioner Zellner uh, in Erie County. He is our legislative chairman, and he was unable to make the conference due to, uh, you know, personal reasons. And so I stepped in for him and uh, hosted the legislative breakfast. Uh, We had many different legislators there that came. Uh, but most notably, Senator Myrie and Assemblywoman Walker. They are the chairs of the Assembly and Senate Election Law Committees. And, uh, um, and we, uh, 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 and we, and we have, and we, we, we have them address not only our legislative group and executive committee members, but the entire conference as well. And then Wednesday was our State Board of Elections Day. And I'm getting to your question there, Michael, because we, on Wednesday, State Board of Elections uh, took over the dais, and this is where they they went back-to-back with presentations about all different things, uh, public campaign finance, uh, automatic and online voter registration and the process with that, uh, uh, all the different uh, absentee ballot uh, changes that are happening, uh, you know, cybersecurity, and we also had a vendor presentation, but the big portion of the day, the big uh, uh, part of the day that we were talking about is our new absentee canvas rules that are happening this year where we have to canvas absentees before election day, starting with the June primary. We had a large discussion about how we're gonna do that, the guidance that we're getting from state about that, what are the rules and regulations. And uh, we we anticipate that by the end of this month uh, to have a process in place. So when uh, the June primaries come into uh, focus, when people start turning in their elections, everybody's gonna know uh, what are the new changes? But the the in short, it used to be that if you requested an absentee ballot, you'd be able to go to the polls and still vote uh, if you didn't turn in your absentee ballot, or even if you did, because we would pull your absentee va- ballot if you voted on election day. And then we would count those absentee ballots after election day. Well, now we are opening and counting those absentee ballots uh, well, we're opening and, de- and determining whether they're legal uh, before Election Day, and then 10 days before Election Day, we're going to start scanning them in during the early voting period. Much like early voting, uh, the, the the votes are scanned into the, to the ballots, and then uh, we will report those results on Election Night. So the offset of that is that we will no longer allow people to go to the polls on Election Day. Although, Statistically, it's a very small amount of people that actually do that. Um, But you'll not be able to go to the polls on Election Day whether you requested a ballot. If you just requested a ballot, you're not going to be able to go to the polls on Election Day. You can only go to the polls on Election Day um, if you um, did not request an absentee ballot. If you did go to the polls, you would have to vote by affidavit ballot. So we can make sure that we didn't already count your absentee uh and make sure people do not count twice this is going to be a very uh big change to the election this is our challenge for 2022 every year we have a big challenge 2019 was early voting 2020 was expanded absentees with covid uh and and 2021 was the hand count uh 2022 is is the early canvas rules that's going to be our big challenge for 2022 and expanded early voting as well so these are the things that we're going to have to put in place. So State Board had a great uh, um, uh, day of presentations. It was uh, very informative. I am still exhausted from it because there was a lot of information to take in, uh, and we are still trying to figure out everything that we have to do, but we will be ready in Onondaga County and beyond. Uh, Everyone will be ready for this uh, fall's elections. And then, the last thing i'm going to talk about is the court case that uh it has is happening right now um the This is the court case, not the onondaga county one that's still we're still waiting for that to be filed that's uh been promised, but it's not filed yet. I know they're still collecting money I know uh they're still putting together experts and all of that however um the court case that is going on now is the one in Steuben County. Uh, This is where the New York GOP is taking uh, the governor and the legislature to court uh, regarding the uh, state senate and congressional maps. Now at first it was only the congressional maps and they won a motion in their their hearing on Thursday to allow for the state senate to be added as an amended part to their uh, challenge to the New York state legislative maps. Interestingly, the New York State Assembly maps, they are not challenging at all. So those maps, those assembly maps are final. They are set. They're going to be in place for the next 10 years. Um, now, the judge ruled in his uh, uh, in his first ruling that he set a trial date of March 14th um, and uh, discovery uh, will ha- limited discovery will happen until March 12th, which means they can depose witnesses and everything like that. I will tell you that even that ruling has already been uh, uh, promised to be appealed because he ruled that the legislators can be interviewed and uh, the lawyers for the Democrats said the legislators cannot be interviewed because there's protection of deliberative uh, clauses they can give over communication, but they, don't, they cannot be deposed about their uh lawmaking. I I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not even gonna get into that. It's just interesting that already we we have an appeal on this. Um he the judge also stated that uh he did not see an outcome that if the Republicans were able to win uh, uh on this that there would be a change to the maps this year. Um, he uh stated that there would be um perhaps uh either an election next year if the Republicans were to prevail, and both at not only at the Supreme Court level, but at the Appeals Court. Remember, Supreme Court is at the lower end of New York uh, courts, and the Appeals Court is uh, the, the next step up. Um, so, whatever happens at Supreme Court, I'm sure either side is going to appeal. So, this is going to take some time, and uh, because it's going to take some time, there will be no changes to this year's election. So, the the lines that are in this year are for this year. Uh, I think almost everybody sees that. They're not moving the primary. They're not changing anything. The election is what the election is. Uh, now, he, uh, the judge posited that um, perhaps we would have another election next year uh, for uh, both the Senate and congressional lines. I'm not sure that's allowed for the congressional lines. It has happened for the New York State Senate. I think uh, 1965 was the last time they did that. But that is also when they had one-year terms for the state Senate, not two-year terms. So uh, it will be um, interesting to see if the Republicans prevail, what will happen. My guess is what we've seen in other states is that when Rep- when uh, a, a new map is called for, it is re- it, they take a little while to draw it, and it usually comes on the next time those uh, elections are up, which would be in 2024. Uh, so, uh, the new maps would, would take place in 2024, not necessarily 2023, or they could do the Senate maps in 2023 and the congressional maps in 2024. Um, it's, you know, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is there's a long way to go for that New York redistricting case. So for you, the public and for the 2022 elections, the maps are what the maps are. And, um, I still, you know, believe it's going to be, uh i believe that these are the maps for the new york state redistricting that we're going to live with i uh uh i am not a proponent of what happened in the redistricting uh clauses in new york state but i will note that you know i am for independent redistricting and i continue to uh be for it but if uh you know th- that you know the supreme court has been pretty clear that uh you know Outside of racial gerrymandering, and even then, inside of racial gerrymandering, uh, they're not uh, too keen on changing the lines uh, unless there's an egregious violation. And while this is not a federal court uh, decision, this is a state court decision, and there is a new new law uh, in place. The question is whether these uh, you know maps that are obviously biased towards the Democrats. Um, especially in the congressional one, I would contend that the state senate one is really just making that uh, making up for the Republican gerrymanders of years past. Um, you know, and, and sometimes when you see something that is equal, when you've seen it tilted to the right for twenty years, you think it's gerrymandering, and it's actually equal. Uh, and the same can be said for the congressional map. But well, you know that I'll leave that to the judge and. Of course, the appeals court to make a final uh, decision on that. But that legislation, that litigation is going to go on for quite some time. Uh, By the way, the Syracuse Independent Redistricting Commission is uh, starts up March eighteenth. They have five uh, draft hearings, or you know, hearings, of to before they send out their draft map. So uh, please attend. I am planning to testify at the March eighteenth hearing uh, as a citizen i'm not a member of the commission um i'm i'm testifying in my capacity as elections commissioner and city of syracuse resident uh not as a member of the commission and i have some ideas on how these five common council uh, maps could be changed i have a couple of different ideas but i'm not gonna i'll share that with you on my website at some point but not before i share it with the commission uh and that will be um uh all of those uh Committee meetings, I believe, will be uh, live streamed uh, by Fair CNY. So check that out. Um, but in the meantime, uh, uh, this has been Commissioner in car. I will be back next week um, on Monday with a Commissioner in the Car. We'll be talking about village elections uh, because the village of Fayetteville and Manlius elections are coming up and what you need to know about that. Uh and then uh on Wednesday I'll be dropping a wonky Wednesday uh about the villages of uh Manley and Safayeville and how uh their the how the statistics look in their their areas for uh, re, uh for uh um you know uh, uh how their uh, party uh you know, partisan breakdowns happen. And then finally on Friday, I'll have a Zoom with Zarney. Uh, I took a week off with both Wonky Wednesday and Zoom with Zarney last week. It's a nice second convention. I'll be talking to Dr. Mara Suttman. Uh, she's a political scientist and host of the podcast, uh, What Voting Means to Me. And we're going to talk about uh, her podcast, but also the state of democracy in America in general. Uh, I think she'll be an interesting person to talk to. Uh, regarding that, uh, you know, especially... With uh you know all of the redistricting news that are going that is going around across the state, so thank you very much and enjoy your weekend uh, and we'll be back to business at normal go to DustinZarney.com dot com and subscribe if you subscribe at DustinZarney.com, dot uh, com I never get any money for that. In fact, I pay money out of my own self and I create that website myself uh, as a public information tool for you. Uh, I will never have outside money. I will never have ads. I will never have subscription fees. But if you subscribe, you'll get notified for every time I do content. And also, uh, there's uh, relevant election news for you to see as well. Check it out. Thank you very much. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye-bye.